Welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff, and joining me tonight, we have Earl Nieto and Jacob Terrell. Uh, Jacob is back this week. Glad to have him back. Uh, we've all kind of been dealing with some stuff here over the past uh, week or so. Um, and so it's good to have everyone back, you know, and, and in person and, and talking. And for those of you just now joining us, or if you missed the intro on YouTube, uh, we had planned on having uh, Harry from San Antonio on the show this week. Uh, you may know him on Twitter at Ramen Call. He is one of the voices, uh, bigger voices on USL Twitter. Uh, he's on vacation, and we couldn't. He he wasn't. Uh, entirely positive of his internet connection. So we are going to reschedule with him until uh, July and get him on ahead of the next matchup between San Antonio and New Mexico United. Um, so any, if you're listening in and we, we talked about it occasionally um, on the show, uh, we do want to plug our written content over at somosmosnm.com. We do match previews, match recaps. And uh, if you are interested, we are looking for writers. We're looking for photographers um, that can potentially help us out uh, with game day coverage or doing other things. Uh, Jacob and Earl, of course, live out of town. and can't always make it to every single match. So, um, Case in point, tonight, this weekend, this week's matching at San Antonio, the, none of us are going to be able to be there, unfortunately. Um, and so, I mean, we'll still have coverage. We'll be, um, I'll be live tweeting from the ESPN Radio One One Seven the Team account, and we'll have a, a preview up tomorrow morning. So we are still doing coverage of that. Um, so be sure to check everything out. And if you're interested, email one of us, Seth Earl Jacob at SomosMossNM.com or reach out to us on, on our social media accounts, uh, our personal ones, or the SomosMossNM accounts. And uh, let us know what you're interested in doing. Like I said, photographers, writers. Um, if you are a social media person, I think that would be, if, you know, if you're someone who, who is good with social media, uh, we'd love to have that as well. So reach out to us, let us know, and uh, we'll get in touch. So as we get into this week's show, as just like we do each and every week, uh, I was going to ask Jacob what that character was on the, uh, on the on the snap bracelet there. Goofy. Okay. Goofy and, and Mickey. All right. I wasn't and, sure. And Donald. And, and Donald. Donald. Okay. Can't forget Donald. The pantless wonder, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, burning question. What did you just call guys. me? The pantless wonder. wonder. There you go. <laughs> uh, burning question, as we do each and every week, kind of piggybacking off of the discussion Earl and I had last week uh, that he really didn't want to talk about. My question to you guys is, what is the future of combat sports, MMA or boxing? I think it's WWE. I like your answer. Good answer. Yeah. I, I figured you would. I figured you would. Oh, let me ask you this. Is boxing just dead? Like, is there any any draw to boxing now? Or is it more about the, the entertainment aspect of it? You know, Jacob, you mentioned the WWE. I mean, that obviously, I mean, yes, it is an athletic event. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a sport. Um, Ooh. You know, because fighting words with no, 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 I don't think that's fighting words. I wouldn't call it a sport. Mute, mute you know, his mic. A, mute his mic. <laughs> it is an athletic event. I will, I will give it that. You know, they are, they are trained professionals at what they do. It's, it's a redneck soap opera, is what it is. 
You sound jealous. I watch it. I'm just saying. I, mean, I don't watch <laughs> it now. I used to watch it. Don't you live in like redneck haven out there in Fort Nowhere? No, no, you have it all wrong. Rednecks require certain things, like Walmarts. Yes, so oh, Edgewood. Edgewood. Uh, a lot of rednecks. There's not a Waffle House in Edgewood. No, but there's a Walmart. <laughs> and a so there's a lot of people in parking lot. Bam. Yeah. And Denny's Earl. isn't as bad. You, I would classify Denny's as redneck. So our Walmart is actually one of the biggest ones in the country. Is it really? I swear. <laughs> I swear. I would. I wouldn't have thought that, but okay. I mean, just square footage wise, is that what we're talking? Yeah, square footage wise. Okay, it's one of the All biggest right. ones in the country. Any particular reason for that, or rednecks like Walmart? A lot of yeah. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of hicks out here. I, 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 you know, I can't speak to the level of redneckery in uh, in Moriarty and Edgewood, but uh, I know where I grew up, and there were quite a few rednecks down there. So, uh, you don't I, know I how we redneck can, we are out here. How redneck are they? This is how redneck we are. Oh, it's already went away. But if you look closely, I got bit by something this morning, and it's still red. That's His how redneck, redneck red. we are. His, red, his neck is red. It was the worst <laughs> attempt at a joke <laughs> on this podcast. And that's saying oh a lot because Earl's been on this podcast for a year now. Feels oh, like. that's that's terrible. <laughs> I'll just see myself oh, out. Terrible. There's my door right there. I'll just see myself out. <laughs> All right, so Earl, thanks like, for joining us. We'll see you next week. It looks like it's just me now since Earl muted Seth's mic for talking crap about WWE. And uh, then Earl walked out himself because he made the worst joke ever. So, um, I mean, really, the podcast would be pretty much the same thing, except for I wouldn't have Seth's questions. I would just have my own because uh, it's usually me talking anyways. So you'd be uh, an- asking, answering them to yourself. Yeah. I would probably do different voices. It'd probably be pretty entertaining, actually. OK. Yeah, we, we might let you do that one week. And then I would hop in every once in a while with an Earl hot take. Stephen A. Earl over here. Oh, right, you got thrown out. Something. You got, you got ten minutes. Ten minutes on your own. Oh no! <laughs> Speaking of Stephen A, Mr. Stephen A has got to start eating his words here in a little bit. Thinking you know the the Hawks were an embarrassment if they beat the if they beat the Knicks, and now here they are, two all in their series with the Seventy Sixers. I'd love to see Mr. Stephen A come on this show and apologize for that. I'm not sure Earl knows what basketball is, so. Actually, I do know what basketball is. Just because I'm a Miami Heat fan doesn't mean nothing. I also know that Luka Doncic is better than LeBron James and Stephanie Curry. Whoa. So, once again, I will say Earl doesn't know what basketball is. <laughs> and, um... I... Oh, Earl, I just... Holy it's, hot takes. That one... That one's not as hot as the Baker Mayfield over Patrick Mahomes, but it's. I think it's the equivalent. I think it's the NBA equivalent of that. I don't, I don't know because Mahomes is young. 
just like Mayfield. So there's a there's a case to be made that at this per current moment in time, Doncic is better than LeBron. There's I'm not saying it's the right case or that it's all there, but there's a small case that I like if I tilt my head just right and squint my one good eye and open my other eye as wide as I can, I can kind of see it. With the Mahomes Mayfield one, there's nothing there. There's just it's it's not you can't justify it at all. So I and I'm going to act like he didn't say Steph Curry in there, so I'm not even going to oh, acknowledge that I, I didn't say Steph Curry. I said Stephanie Curry because I hate Steph Curry with the passion. Yeah, I think we've had this conversation, and it, it made me want to throw my computer. So I'm going to again ignore it and move on. I just – I don't under, I, I don't see it. I don't. But I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple of years you can talk about that. But look, I didn't say I could see it either. I just said like. Well, yeah, you can't see because you have a bad eye. Exactly. I was waiting for an eye joke. It's closer. Luca is closer to LeBron at this day and age than Mayfield is to Mah- or Mahomes. Mayfield is to Mahomes. That's just. That's why I rank it a step below that hot take. It's still a hot take. It's still stupid, but it's just not as stupid as Mayfield Mahomes. Sorry, I'm trying to look at his at, uh, his stats here, and 21.2 points per game, 28.8, 27.7, career 25.7 point per game guy. Obviously, you know his, his playoff stats are a little bit better than that, but. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know that you could compare Luca to Steph Curry or. He didn't say Steph Curry. Just Steph Curry was not part of this conversation. He was, if he comes back up, I'm going to throw my computer and blame her. <laughs> okay. I Okay. Whatever. Let, let's move on from that. I just, yeah. I don't How in the it. world did we get, like, do we even answer your question about the UFC boxing or did it, how did we end up here? How you said road, WWE, then we got on a tangent, What road so. did we take to end up <laughs> at Earl saying Luca is better than Steph and LeBron? I don't We we went from talking about WWE to Rednecks and Edgewood and the world's largest Walmart apparently to Steph Curry. So Yeah, I don't that's where the jump loses me there. Yeah. Like everything else that you said, I was like, oh okay, that's a logical step. Oh, okay, logical step. Oh, okay, logical step. And now I'm like, what? How did we? Did we step into a wormhole? What are we doing here? <laughs> See, that was to bring it back for Earl's sake. I said wormhole, talking about what we were talking about earlier. So I've actually made a decision. Judging off of our conversation today, I'm going to make a worm farm. And yes, Jacob, your bee farm is invited. I don't know if bees and worms really help each other out there. It'll be two different rooms, so like a, a closet. So like Seth, this Seth Seth has left the building for some reason. <laughs> I think I think the worm talk pushed him over the edge and he is just done. Or he's gonna go get his leftover worms to eat. Like the boogeyman off of WWE. 
he came back with nothing. What a disappointment. We were we were speculating on what you were going to do. Uh, we thought maybe you just walked out because the worm talk just finally broke you. You know, we had all this other stuff, but worm talk was the the slap bracelet that broke the camel's back. And uh, or we thought you were going to get worms, and you came back with nothing, and you came back. So well, you know, no, I, I I thought I might have a copy of a. Uh how to eat fried worms, but I don't. So yeah, no, I went to go blow my nose real quick. So my plan is to make a worm farm and it's going to be right here in the back, right? I'm going to take this down. I'm going to take this guy down. Maybe this one. And that's going to be my new background is a worm farm. I would rather it be an ant farm. Maybe look, even an alien ant farm. Look, I'm going to start a worm farm. And I'm going to call it, I Got Worms. Earl's not old enough to get that joke, Jacob. He's probably not. I just, oh, wow. That hurts. That hurts. Because he definitely didn't get it. No, I didn't get it, by the way. I said an ant farm. Maybe even an alien ant farm. No, nothing. He doesn't get it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We have hit, we've hit the line that is the age gap between me and Earl. And it is yeah. an ant farm. <laughs> it's okay I'll I'll erase that line give me about 18 seconds ah, that's alright uh, while, while Earl researches uh, ancient history for him uh, we will go <laughs> we'll move on to our regular discussion uh, a lot going on this past weekend it was of course pride night out at the lab and at the end of the weekend, the Mountain Division standings are as follows. RGV sitting in first. They won their match over the weekend against Real Monarchs by a score of 1-0. They maintained the top spot, 16 points. El Paso Locomotive sit second after a 1-1 draw with Colorado Springs. New Mexico United, of course, drew with Austin Bold. They can sit third on 11 points. And San Antonio FC also drew 1-1 with Las Vegas Lights, and they sent fourth on 10 points. And then Austin Bold, Colorado Springs, and Real Monarchs round out the remainder of the... Uh... <laughs> you got to cut that. We don't have licensing to it. Yeah, you're going to get us banned, Earl. Cut it. Cut it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, people. <laughs> Play it got cop copyright infringement is a real damn thing. Yes, yes, it is. And uh, my Twitch channel got strikes for it because even though I be, yeah, okay, T tangent. Thank you, Earl. Uh, so Twitch has been doing a whole bunch of DMCA takedowns. Now my my channel got uh, notifications about DMCA because or it was they were automatically muting portions of my via, of my vods because of music within the games a game that i own so yeah time out time out time out time out yeah what's a vod video on demand oh uh, okay never mind keep going <laughs> that's why i like having earl here because <laughs> i didn't know either but i wasn't gonna ask <laughs> so i brought raise that's like just Either, so I'll look stupid. I don't care. <laughs> we know. Uh, well, we yeah, know. It's, uh, yeah. All right. So where were we now that we've been uh, fully distracted? Well, so we were, we were talking yeah, about yeah. the mountain division. 
yeah, the, and Mountain the current standings and last week's uh, results. And and had I looked at this weekend before and said, you know what's going to happen? RGV is going to gain two more points on the field. I will, would have never thought that. RGV, again, comes up with a solid victory over a team that, albeit isn't very good, but did just come off a Wednesday victory right before that and looked solid for it against Sacramento. And you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe they found something. Uh, Chang, Michael Chang is back for them. Uh, Douglas Martinez was back for them. You know, they had some guys this week, and you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe they're going to make some run. Definitely would have liked them to beat or at least draw against RGV. At that time, I would have thought we would have picked up points. Uh, and no, no, RGV picks up two points on everybody, literally everybody, because they beat, well, two points, at least two points on everybody, I should say, because they gained three on on Monarchs. And then Colorado Springs and El Paso drew, San Antonio drew, we drew, and then you have RGV, Real Monarchs, and there's another team, but I don't remember who it is. Oh, Austin, duh. Austin drew. So yeah, literally nobody else did anything other than draw. And uh, and now we're looking up even higher at RGV. So, you know, they got off to a good start. They won a couple matches in a row. You're thinking, oh, okay, good start. They'll eventually fall back to earth. Guys, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're like a legit contender to win this group. And because of the lead that they've already been staked to, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> Yeah, I think RGV is legit at this point. Um, they've been playing really well all season long, and there's just really been no let let off to to what they've been doing. I will say we do not see them until September twenty second again. So maybe by then they'll have cooled off, and we can take the last three matches from them, and that would help us. But at the moment, yeah, they just they. They look like the best team in this group, even though they did lose to El Paso. But it wasn't just like, I mean, they didn't get their butts kicked by El Paso. It was a close match, and they El Paso just squeaked one out. So I, it's, I, I think the four playoff teams might be set. Uh, unfortunately, Colorado Springs, I, I thought, could be up there. But I don't know, man. RGV... RGV looks like they're kind of running away with it up top at the moment. And, and you know, El Paso and us and San Antonio are going to be there like the standings say they are now. So it's going to be an interesting season. Like it was already going to be kind of hard to predict who that fourth team was. And nobody had RGV and now they might win the damn thing. So I don't yeah. know. It's, it's a, it's a crazy division. I will say that El Paso is undefeated and, I think has at least one match in hand. I don't have the standings up in front of me, but they have yeah, one or right. two. Uh, so they, 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 they could catch RGV pretty easily. Um, hopefully they don't, but I would rather see RGV win um, than El Paso. Even if that means we finish third instead of second, but that's just me. Yeah, it's been an interesting first quarter of the season. We're not quite uh, 
fully 25% through the season. Uh, this will Wednesday night marks our eighth match. So that, you know, at a quarter of the way done. And yeah, a lot of interesting things going on. I mean, RGVs looked really good. El Paso still undef- you know, no losses on their record so far this year. Um, Colorado Springs, like you mentioned, they looked good, but they haven't had the results. And then Monarchs, uh, yes, Michael Chang was back for the second match in a row this past weekend. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's going to be tough. Uh, this is going to be, this is a really tough route. We knew it was going to be hard. I mean, we, and we knew that, um, we knew that the Pacific division wasn't necessarily going to be hyper competitive. Um, you could probably pick out the four teams now. I mean, Tacoma is a little bit surprising. The fact that they are above Sacramento right now, but you know, other than that, I mean, the, the entire Western conference was pretty, you know, we thought it was going to be pretty well set, but RGV is just surprised everybody. Yeah. And then I don't know if you're ready to get into the match, but my, when we're talking about the mountain division, I'm looking at it. Um, Austin has dropped so far for me, um, both in where I think they're going to finish and my respect for them. Uh, because the way they played Saturday was just, it was an embarrassment if you ask me, but, um, it got them a point, so more power to them. But I, I thought it was atrocious. I thought it was not soccer. Um, it, it everybody complains about their team when they park the bus up one nothing, and how rare it works out. Well, apparently the trick is to park the bus after twenty minutes, and have it be tied when you do that, and you'll get a result at least. So, who'd have thunk it? Yeah, that was the second straight week that Austin had come out in a extremely defensive formation. I was talking to Ken Stickinger and um, and a couple of the folks up in the box on Saturday night about it. And in their prior match, they came out in a four-five-one uh, against Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Gave up seventy-five percent possession. Ended up getting a one-nil victory after scoring you know, about a minute into the match. And so. They came out and they obviously they had a four five four one against us, and yeah they I mean I mean I guess you can argue that they tried to score early, but realistically they sat back and they just conceded possession like watching the entire match and you look at it and they at for ninety percent of the match they had you know ten eleven guys behind the ball. Uh, primarily 10, you know, not counting the striker. And so it, anytime you have a team playing that defensively, it's going to make it hard. I made a comment in, in one of my, in my post-match and, at, you know, you watch the, the, the Austin bold defenders. And at one point they were so compact. You had, you basically had four people in an area, no wider than the face of the goal. And then they had that, that fifth person, like the, it's like they, they all just shifted over, put four in front of the goal. And then they had their, their, you know, right or left back, you go farther out to defend those, the, those areas. But outside of that, like it, it was just a ridiculous setup and it's not something you see every day. Yeah. And United struggled with it. I mean, we really only had, I mean, there were a couple of moments where you're like, Oh, 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 and then nothing would come out of it. But really, Ryden's header wide off of a corner kick. 
and that's about it. As I mean, I, I don't think we registered a shot on goal. We first time in history. We could get. I, I saw a couple things that I liked. It's just the finishing just wasn't there. Like we we would get to the touchline and and put the ball back towards the spot and six Austin jerseys would be there and two United kits and the United players just couldn't get any body part uh, on the ball whatsoever. And, and it was crazy. Like it, I think it, I think what we, the only thing that I saw that we could have done was maybe pepper in some outside shots that hopefully find their way through uh, and maybe just get them to draw out just a little bit because man, they were so backed up there that it, it seemed like no matter what we did. And I feel like we did put a couple, we took a couple long shots, but none of them were on target or anywhere near where they should have been. So, uh, you know, we got Austin two more times. Granted, they're both in Austin now. I don't, I don't think they would play that kind of soccer in Austin, but I'm not sure. So, like, unless they had a lead, I don't. I don't think they would play for a draw like that, though, in Austin. But if they do, we're gonna have to find a way to beat it. And and I trust Troy and and the the coaching staff and the players there to, to come up with a way that will combat that parking the bus type strategy there. Yeah, it was hard to watch. Um, I mean, it was. It was a- it was impressive to see United how well they controlled the ball, even you know even with Austin just sitting back and conceding position because you you could if you watched Austin they they weren't even pressing you know even in, up until up until we got into their final third for much of the match they I mean, they were sitting back letting us pass the ball around then once we hit that around that eighteen twenty yard area then they started to engage and so and there's the header there I think I was. Kalen's header, yeah, that just went wide. But yeah, it was, it was just astounding to me that they have played so defensively these past two matches. Now, I know that Austin has struggled to score. You know, I mean, they've got three three of their uh, three of their attacking goals have been scored by defenders. Only one has come from a midfield midfielder or a forward. And so from that aspect, I can kind of understand, you know, try to play on the counter you know, give up possession, play the counter and try to get a try to break, break out that way. And, but other than that, like, it's just, it's just a ridiculous way to play. But, and I know you say, you know, it's not soccer, but I mean, unfortunately, you know, it is like, that's just the way these guys are playing right now. And, you know, I, I talked, I was talking to some of the guys in the box. I said, it seems like Austin has figured something out, you know, and they figured out a way to play with the guys that they have and they've gotten results from it. But are those like, to me, it's not sustainable. Like to play, to play the exact same way that they did the last two matches for the rest of the season, your defense just can't hold up doing that. Like you're going to give up goals and then if you get down, like to me, it feels like if they got down at all against us 
or in their previous match, if they would have given up a goal in either one of those, I don't like, I don't know if they would have known what to do because they just can't attack whatsoever. So eventually it's going to come back to bite them in the ass. And I don't, you can play that way and give up 75% of the possession for two matches in a row and, and luck into some results. But I don't think you can do it for 10 matches in a row and expect to get results every time. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there. I mean, you, I, so in terms of it being sustainable, like, can you play that way? Yes. Like you're, because you're not necessarily going to put a lot of, a lot of miles. You're not going to expend a lot of energy doing that. You're just going to sit back, concede, and then, you know, again, try to play on the break, but and yeah, like in terms of efficiency, I think that's more, I think that's more where the issue is, you know, can it, will it be efficient enough, um, throughout the rest of the season? And that, I just don't know. Um, you, t- you mentioned shots outside the box. Um, let me make sure I've got this correct here. Let me take off to Austin. See, and I kind of disagree that you're not exerting a lot of energy. Like you're not running, you're not putting the miles on your legs, but defending is not easy. Like, it's a lot easier to just kind of kick the ball around in possession and and even if you're, like, if you ask me which team was more tired at the end of the match on Sunday or Saturday, mm-hmm. I think it was had, I think it was Austin. Because we we ran around a little bit, but and part of the problem was we didn't run around enough. You know, like, you didn't see the guys running off the ball or making runs for, for whoever had the ball to distribute to, but we were going back and forth a little bit and Austin was having to do the same thing. And when you break, when Austin break, breaks out a few times, you know, that's, that's the whole length of the pitch that they're having to run to even try to get a shot on goal. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I feel like defending is just more exertion than having the ball. Yeah, I see your point. Um, Earl, did you have a chance to go back and watch the match? Or have you not had a chance to yet? Bits and pieces. I haven't had a chance to watch the full match. Uh, so Saturday I had the match on. But with all the family stuff going on, it was like in and out. Uh, we were having dinner, so I didn't really have a chance to sit and watch it. And just the rest of the weekend just been a mess. So I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, that's kind of why I've sat back quietly because I don't really have a full comprehension of what happened. So I'll have to go back and watch it for sure. Have you ever driven by a school right about the time it's time to get out and you just see 17 buses waiting to pick up the students? Yeah. Yes. If, if Earl has... If, if you've seen that Earl, then you've seen the game because that's <laughs> uh, that's what it was, was a class act in in just being compact at the back and not letting anything happen through you. I like watching the highlight package over and over again is torturous right now because it's like Omar Gordon had one good chance for Austin. And then a lot of it is us just kind of passing the ball back and forth, throwing a ball into the box, and then somebody from Austin being there. Like the play that they just, I, I'm watching it live. I'm, I'm a little bit behind 
what Seth sees, but they just showed a cross from Brucey come into the box and it's literally the keeper and nine, eight or nine Austin players inside the penalty area. Uh, and then like five United players that aren't really close, but are kind of there sort of, I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was just, it was sad. Yeah. It's hard to watch when there's nothing, you know, nothing really going on. I mean, it was interesting from a tactical standpoint, what was going on, but from like an actual like media coverage, like it's okay. Well, what do we write about? Nothing happened. You know, <laughs> like, at least give us something, give us a yellow card, give us a red card, something, you know, give us something, you know, noteworthy to write about. And, you know, it, it's just, it's tough to, I mean, it's, it's, it was interesting football to watch, but it's a terrible match to try to report on. It was, and, it was interesting to me just because we had never seen somebody. I'd never seen somebody do that in not only in United matches, but I don't think I've, I've seen people park the bus. I mean, I'm a Tottenham fan. We're the Kings of parking the bus when we go up one, nothing. Um, but to see somebody just do it for literally three quarters of the match with the score tied, not even a head, but just a tied and just zero, zero. Like I've never seen that in my life. And it was, it was interesting in that aspect, but super annoying in every other aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, a, yeah, again, it was just a difficult match to watch. And you, you mentioned bo- uh, shots from outside the box. Really, I did pull up a USL championship website and we did have five shots from outside the box. Now, none of them were particularly great. Uh, there was one shot by uh, Harry that was blocked from uh, just left of the center. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to be that compact, I mean, yeah, I think you do have to look at it from, uh, from, from the perspective of, okay, what can we, what else can we do? And, you know, Jacob, I think it was you that mentioned in our, in our group chat on Saturday about uh, Schmitty playing so high up and you had never, and you were kind of wondering what was going on. And Troy actually talked to that after the game. And, you know, he said, you know, you know, we had, you know, Schmitty and, and Suggsy playing so high up and because we were trying to do different runs and give different looks and, and try to find a way in. And, and, you know, it's, yeah, when when someone's playing that defensive, when they're playing that compact, you have to f- try to do different things to, to to open it up. And you want you saw our passing, you know, passing around. You're trying to work the wide areas, pull those guys out. And but again, every time they did it, they'd have they stayed. They, they, Austin kept four guys in front of the butt in front of the goal, and then they'd have that one wide that wide back, you know, the the right left back push out to defend that wide area, and that was it. The other guys stayed within that you know, 18 yard box, a six yard box to, to just shut down that area. And Austin was successful at that. Yeah, they were too successful at it, but yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it just because I, I kept looking every time I looked up, it was like, okay, Justin is basically turned into Suggs right here. And it was, it was strange to me. I can see this is where I don't me and soccer are are still new newlyweds uh, you might say and so and I and I'd have to go back and look and see where Suggsy was necessarily when Schmidt came up that high because they were playing on the same side 
and actually it wasn't Suggs to begin with, but um, every time I looked up, Schmidt was constantly passing the ball back to Juan Pablo Guzman. And I was like, how is, what is, how's, how's this happening? How is Guzman playing behind Schmidt half the time? Um, and we still couldn't get anything going. So part of me thinks maybe we sent too much forward and cause, cause to me, the answer when, when there's nine defensive players in the box, the answer might not be to have nine offensive players in the box because then it's just, there's too many bodies. Like there's nothing good is going to come of that, but I don't know. It was, it was an interesting match. I, it is one that I would, it, it sucks because I want to rewatch it, but at the same time, I have no desire to rewatch it whatsoever because it was such a frustrating match, but I want to rewatch it if I'm looking at it through different eyes, through some tactical lenses that I I have questions about. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to mess around with some of the different tools on the USL Championships website. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever messed with it, but you can look at uh, average positions. And so <clears throat> you, you look at their average position and, yeah, you talk about um, Cello was basically, you know, middle of the park the entire match. Uh Sergio and Ilya were basically, you know, mid center. Harry was like a center forward, basically. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny to watch. And Justin's average position was the halfway line, and so you know, I think I'll look at Justin's heat map. I'm gonna look at Justin's heat map while we're while we're talking about this. And see, that's and, what I don't like about the heat maps is that it seems like I can predict what that's going to be based on the starting formation. Yeah. It it the eye test of, of me looking up and seeing Justin up pushing forward. That's not going to show on a heat map unless you like really, really know what you're looking for on a heat map. So what I I see you've stopped fiddling. So what does it say? Uh, So yeah, looking at the heat map, I mean, Justin definitely spent a lot of time, you know, in the attacking half of the, uh, of the match or of the, of the pitch. Um, sometime closer towards like, you know, just uh, left the center of the box. And so, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he spent a lot of time going forward in this match, um, which he, we all know that's not typical for Justin, but like Troy said, like he was trying to do different things, trying to get different looks, trying to get different runs to, to get Austin to pull out of, out of their formation and, and create space. And, you know, I actually saw, I, again, I don't, you guys know, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I saw someone make, make it mention that Austin's playing a 4-4-2. I'm like, I didn't say that. I'm like, no, Austin did not play a 4-4-2. Like if you watch the play on the pitch, I mean, they, Austin was constantly five at the back. It, it, it didn't matter where they were at on the pitch. Like I said, if the ball was off to the right, they had, you know, again, the one person playing out wide, four in the middle, balls out left. One person out wide, four in the middle. It wasn't a four-four-two. This was very clearly a five-four-one, and yeah, it's you know they were set up you know from the beginning to to play as defensively as possible, and you know we've just we've got to figure a way to, to break that down. I, I saw that same. I think I saw the same one that you're talking about, and I was like, hmm, don't think it was a four-four-two. Yeah, uh, but and basically what what they did for the first 
70 minutes basically was a nine one. Like, they, yeah, <laughs> they had, they had nine people behind the ball in some way, shape or form. And then they had one, one center forward sitting at the midfield line basically. And that was it. Yeah. Not going to argue with that. I mean, that's, that's absolutely what it was. I mean, Yes, they had Diouf and Okoli both listed as forwards for this match, but they, they didn't play like it. They really didn't. No. And, you know, it, it's hard to really justify saying anything anything to the contrary. And and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, Troy said there were a lot of positives to take away, and I, I don't disagree with that. You know, I mean, we looked good, good possession, and when we had possession, we didn't give the ball. We didn't, like, give the ball up and then get it back. You know, it was it was sustained, controlled possession, and you know, putting ourselves in position to to try to score. And it's honestly, it's a bit unfortunate that we didn't get a goal. I mean, had I think if Kalen's header had been on target, it would have been in. So yeah. So I have a a go ahead. I have a big picture question for both of you guys. So we've played three home matches since since COVID. Um, We are one one and one with a one, no loss to Loudon, this obvious draw. And I'm not the, counting the Loudon match. That's well, that's I was, cause I kind of feel the same way, but at the same time, you like you look at the record and, and kind of how we've struggled to score. Even if you count a couple goals at Loudon, it's, it's a little, is it worrisome? Are are you worried about our home form? this early or is it too early and we had some because i mean if you look at it austin this match was a weird outlier because they decided to park five buses in front of goal and and call it a day and then the louded match well we all know what happened during the louded match so because of that you guys seem not to be worried at all because i'm i might i might be a little concerned but i want to hear from you guys first talk me off the ledge so no i So I'm not worried. Um, yeah, so I'm not worried at all because it seems to be a tactic that each club is using. So Loudon used it, and they decided to literally just camp out at the end of the game, um, which pissed me off a little bit, or more than a little bit. But I... W- so I'm not worried about it because it seems to be a tactic to try to keep the crowd out of it. Um, they know what noise Isops Park can make. And God, I cannot wait till July 1st or that first home game after July 1st, which would be the ninth. Friday, July 7th. That says 9th. Um, yeah, or July 9th. Sorry. Sorry. July 9th. Sorry. I, I read it backwards. I'm a little dyslexic um, because supposedly that's when we're reopening. That's the two weeks after after the full capacity, whatever, blah, 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 the full vaccination, 60%, whatever the heck it, the requirements are nowadays. Um, that'd be the first match at full capacity, fully uh, state fully reopened. Um, so I want to see how that coincides with that first home match where, and I'm counting that as our first home match because that's a first full stadium match. Um, so I think that's kind of what Austin did here was 
take the crowd out of it and let it be whatever is on the field. You know, I'm not convinced that Austin did take the crowd out of it. I mean, that 90, 92, 88 that was in attendance was loud on Saturday night. And it was fun to hear uh, that was a, the first official sellout of the season for the club. And yeah, I don't, they were in it the entire 90 minutes. Austin didn't take them out. You know, the, the fans were there and, and uh, it was fantastic to see and hear and, and uh, you know, there was a, there's a new guy up in the box from the daily low. It was his first time ever attending a soccer match. First time covering the covering United. And, you know, we were talking about, I said, yeah, just wait till we open up the, the windows here in the box, open it up. And uh, you know, it was hearing the crowd, you know, there right before kickoff. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, and um, but you know, you, you, girl, you mentioned, you know, that, that first match there in July. Um, I, I have heard whispers that um, the third home match from now, so not San Antonio. Um, the Monday night against Charleston? I think so. I think that's the one. So, yeah, not San Antonio, not the one after that, but the third one. That would be Charleston. Okay. I have heard rumors that that may be the first official one opened or that, that may be sold at full capacity. So, um, so, so here's my hot take. I don't think that matters. Look at 2019. Now we are a much better club in, than in 2019. I would even say, but playing at home, we were six, four and eight. So six wins, four losses, eight draws. Let me double check. Sorry, six, three, and eight. My bad. Um, so six wins, three losses, eight draws. Of those eight draws, I did not look into it, but I can almost guarantee we had the lead in at least six of them and conceded late. We and, and I and I will also say that while we are a better team, a better club than we were that first year, I think our offense isn't as good at least not as currently constructed. We don't have Santi and Kevon, who apparently, much to my chagrin, have been harder to replace than I thought they would be um, as far as production-wise. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm i not sure that... like, I look at how we've played in New Mexico for these three seasons, and it doesn't scream home field advantage to me. They always talk about drawing energy from the fans and how they love the fans and they love playing in front of the fans. But I, I have not seen that energy and love turn into results. And that while it's still early in the third year has me slightly concerned. And I would need to see like I, I need to see a good outing tomorrow. Like if if we see a flat outing tomorrow, followed by three weeks on the road, and then they come back on the ninth and look flat again, then then that's going to be a huge red flag for me. Because I've always thought that if we could be great at home with these fans and and have like an outstanding home field advantage then we would play good enough on the road to 
to walk away with this division and and be a really, really, really big threat to win the title. And I'm not not there right now, but I am like it's not a red light flashing for me, but it's definitely a yellow light, if that makes sense. Like it's still like it's something that I have my eye on. And hopefully it doesn't turn into anything there. And see what I did there? I said I, not highs, because I only have one good eye. There you go. That was for you, Earl. In 2019, I think you are correct. Again, without pulling it up, I would I would say that we surrendered a lot of leads late. And I think that came down to the just the level of play on the pitch. I don't think it had anything to do with with home field or anything like that, or, or have or having the size crowds that we did. And I definitely think that having the larger crowds, having any fans in attendance, is going to be big, no matter what the what the club, or I'm sorry, where the club is playing. Now, in terms of this year, I'm throwing out the Loudon match number one. I mean, you had a red card in the 24th minute. You had a you had a very clear handball that was not called. You had us playing this hyper attacking football for forty five minutes. Now, if, if that match had been called accurately, if it had been refereed appropriately, that's a completely different outcome. So I'm throwing loud and out. It's hard enough to it's hard enough to score when you have ten men, but to come from behind and score multiple goals, that's that makes it even harder. As far as the Austin match, for the first one we we put we put three on. And then here in this one, they went hyper defensive. Again, they sat ten guys behind the ball for ninety percent of the match. And we're more than willing, we're more than willing to concede possession for the entire thing, and so, you know, that's just, that's a whole completely different thing as well. So honestly, I'm looking at it as one zero and one and a anomaly. That's what I'm looking at. Is I'm not concerned about it. I'm not concerned about our home form. We we have played well in all three matches. You know, now the first twenty minutes of the of the Loudon match were fairly flat, and we didn't necessarily do a lot there, but we did show a different level of intensity later on, and we showed really well in the Austin in the second Austin match. We again we talked we talked about the possession. We talked about controlling the ball. We talked about you know trying to get good looks. And it just didn't fall. It just didn't fall for a Saturday night. So I'm not, con- I'm not concerned about the home form right now. So I'm not, if you just look at these three matches, I'm with you. We, we destroyed Austin the first match. We destroyed Loudon, just didn't get a result because factors outside of our control. But that second half watching Suggs come right at me and Earl and Sombrero Man uh, was scary. Uh, and and I thought that that half of football might have been our best half of the year. We just didn't score. Um, and then we talked about the Austin one and how they came out and kind of threw something strange at us by letting us have the ball for 
the majority, overwhelming majority of the match and whatnot. I just, I look at it as a whole. If you look at our whole existence in New Mexico and, and I, I feel like if you have on average 12,000 fans that first year, and then on average, almost 9,000 fans this year, when you have to be at 75%, that is like a seven, four and nine overall record at home in two years of playing here isn't good enough. And if you also look at who we played, I understand that if you look at Austin and you look at Loudon, those last two matches, they're, they're, they're something wrong. Loudon is a bottom tier league, a bottom tier team in this league. And I understand that we had the deck stacked against us. We still needed to get a result there somehow. And we didn't. Austin parking the bus on us for 90% of the match. I understand that when you are feeding off the energy of 9,000 fans and you're playing at home and you want to be a top tier team, you have to find a way to beat that. And so right now I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now that can all change if we come out and whoop San Antonio tomorrow and, and then come back in July and, and take care of business in July. But as it stands right now, even given the fact that we had some weird things go our way the last two matches, I'm like on a on a one being no problem at all to a 10 being, oh my gosh, burn the place down. I'm like a four, five, somewhere in there. Like not freaking out, but definitely pause for concern. I mean, Earl, do you... I, Earl, using Jacob's scale, where would you be? I'm about a two or three. I mean, I I don't see the worry. I mean, we had two teams come out and outgame us in a mental game is what it was. Um, and that's essentially what it was. They out-mentaled us in front of our fans. Um, with that being said, it's a it's a good spark, a good start. It's a good time to start learning uh, how to manipulate that game. But using Jacob's crazy scale, uh, I'm about a two, maybe a three. Honestly, I, I wouldn't even be that high. You know, I maybe a two. Like, see, and I coming into this year, it was. I want to win a championship. I think we're good enough to win a championship and refereeing and other team strategy be damned. Phoenix isn't coming out and doing that against those three teams in their first three home matches this year. San Antonio is probably not doing that. El Paso is definitely not doing that. Tampa Bay is not doing that. Louisville is not doing that. Like if we want to be where I think we should be, you got to get results in those three matches and you've got to beat the likes of Loudon, even with a shitty referee. I'm sorry. Like, so here's how I look at you that. so far. 
here's how I look at that, is we still are a championship team. If you look up and down the roster, we still are a championship team. We've had the so dice yeah, the roster, a couple of wrong ways. The, the roster is a Go championship ahead. roster, but as a team, we are not performing like a championship team. That one nothing win against the Monarchs is not something to write home about. Really, we have the 3-1 win against Austin, and then a solid-ish 1-1 draw against El Paso. And then what else are we looking at that really screams, hey, we are here to, we're a force to be reckoned with? Because I'm not seeing it. Maybe the 3-1 win against Colorado, because I do think Colorado is better than, than what their record shows. But you have a, a two-week stretch there where we get back-to-back 3-1 wins. And since then, it's been a 1-0 loss, a 1-0 win on the road, which is nice, and then the nil-nil loss. So I think if you look at our roster, yes, we are a championship-caliber roster, but we are not playing like it at the moment, and that is concerning to me just a little bit, especially at home. Once again, I'm not worried. I mean, tomorrow night will be... Sorry, my internet was glitching in my mind. Um, tomorrow night will be a quarter way through the season. We haven't even started gelling, as as sports fanatics say. Uh, we haven't even learned who can cross or who can do what on the field. Um, and we're yet to see any kind of decent minutes out of Illich. Minus this past week. Um, so I'm not worried one bit because it's still a long freaking season. I mean, looking at the calendar, I mean, we're not even a quarter way down that that list. So there are some, some really decent games coming up, which I look forward to. And there are some ones I don't look forward to. Like in August. But that's when life happens. I I mean, I get it. I'm always the one here preaching optimism. And and I, I'm not saying we're not going to win the championship. I just... Something in the back of my mind is not sitting right. And it, like I said, I'm putting it at a 4 or a 5, not a 9 or a 10. I'm not freaking out. I'm just saying, hey, let's... Eh, something to keep an eye on. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If if we come out and lay a goose egg tomorrow, then both y'all should be right there with me at a five. See, and I don't I don't even count that because tomorrow you're coming off of a very short week, um, where you controlled the ball the week the date the match before for seventy five percent of the game. You're coming off a really close week of Saturday to Wednesday. Um, especially with the heat that's been here lately, it's not going to be comfortable. I'll give you the heat part there, but look at the back half of our schedule. There are a lot of, in fact, if you look at just the last three of the last four games, the 17th of October, the 20th of October, the 23rd of October, that's three games in six days. That's like, we, we have to get used to that. And that's going to be something that we can't use as an excuse throughout the season because that happens throughout the season. So, no, if 
if we come out and look like crap against San Antonio at home, even if it is a short week, I'm going to be nervous because we play San Antonio on a short week the next time we play them too. Well, they're or on a short the week last this time. Week too, sorry. So yeah, you know, it's it's not an excuse in my head. So I don't know. I just I I don't see being that worried at this point. You know, if we get to I say if we get to the 16 match mark, we make it halfway through the season. If we're still having questions at that point, maybe then you start to worry a little bit. But to this point, we've played for the most part. We've played well in every single match. I mean, you can point to specific moments or specific periods of times in different matches to say, hey, we didn't play well or we didn't handle this part of the match well or, you know, the 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 flow of the match just kind of got away from us a little bit. But realistically, we're not playing terribly. We're not. Right. I'm not I'm not saying that we're not playing terribly. I just I feel like if we want to be mentioned amongst the better teams in this league, you have to get a result against Loudon, no matter if Chris Ruska is trying to screw you over. You just have to. And we should have. We played better. I understand that. And sometimes the breaks just don't go your way. But if I'm looking at the top tier teams in this league and before the season, we all thought we were going to be up there. We're not up there. And I don't think you see that stretch of play from anybody else that is considered a top tier team in this league. So maybe, maybe I'm still thinking we're a top tier league and that's why I'm worried. Like, I, I still don't think we're going to miss the playoffs. Like, I, I think we're a shoe in to make the playoffs because um, I think we'll play that. Uh, we'll play good enough to get there, but we have a lot of gelling to do, or we, we have a lot of something to do. Cause I feel like the team has gelled. Well, it's just not getting the results. And sometimes it's just a results based league. Like you got to, you got to do something with your chances and we have not so far. Well, let me ask you this. So look at Los Dos. They are, they play one more match. Than us. They're three, three and two. They have a loss to Sacramento who is, you know, sitting four points below them in the table. They have a draw with Tacoma who is sitting four points below them in the table. They have a draw with SKC. Let me see where SKC is sitting. SKC is sitting outside of the playoff spots right now. You know, yes, they beat Las Vegas Lights 5-0. You know, they beat Salt Lake 2-0. I mean, Vegas is bottom of the barrel. Salt Lake is bottom of the barrel. Uh, They lost to Oakland, who is in, who's sitting, you know, seven points below them on the table. You know, they they beat Orange County 4-3, and then they lost to San Diego, who are, you know, they're currently in a playoff spot. Now, are you saying, and, and we're sitting on, let me make sure I'm, we're sitting on the same number of points as Los Dos. Would you say that, would you be more worried about us or Los Dos? looking at the results that have had us because I don't think Los Dos was a championship team coming in. You got to look at expectations and what look at our roster versus their roster. Our roster is better. We should be performing better than Los Dos. Like, I don't, I don't know what your argument is bringing up Los Dos. I'm just, I'm pointing out there's a club with a, with a similar, similar record you know, who have had similar, you know, poor showings 
you know, you, you want to point out to, you want to point out a couple, you want to point out, you know, the Austin match, you want to point out the, the Loudon match and you've got those, those two here who are failing to have results against significantly worse clubs. And they've done it more often, more frequently than we have, but you're worried about us over a club like Los Dos. Yeah, because I don't think Los Dos was a championship contender to begin with. It, it's not a, it. It's not that I thought we've played poorly. It's not that I don't think we're going to be there at the end of the, the season. It's that coming into this season with home matches for the first time since 2020 or 2019. I mean, I thought we would one dominate at home and two, I thought we would have more points than we do looking at the schedule. I remember talking to you after the Colorado Springs match, actually after the Austin match, the first Austin match saying, I thought we could be going into the San Antonio match tomorrow on a five game win streak. And we are three, one and one in those five games that I thought we could have a five game win streak. And I understand not a terrible record. No. And I understand that, but had you told me before that we were going to lose to Loudon at home and draw at Austin or here against Austin at home after beating Austin three, one, I'd have said, you're crazy. And I said, that's not acceptable. So if you, if you go back in time, go ahead, Earl. Good. So So to kind of, so to kind of imitate, uh, Seth's point. If you look at the standings, Lou City is sitting at ten points in third place at this point. So should they be panicking? Probably a little bit, yeah. I if you I were don't understand, if you were to if you were to you. go back, if you were to go back after the first Austin match, after we won three one, and said, okay, here's your next four opponents. Cairo Springs, Loudon, Real Monarchs, Austin Bold. If I'd have told you we were going to lose to Loudon at home, 1-0, draw Austin, 0-0, beat Real Monarchs, and beat Colorado Springs, would you have been happy with that? Wait, I wasn't paying attention. What? Draw with Austin? Draw with Austin's fine. Lost to Loudon? Eh. You know. At home, though? Yeah. Austin is, <laughs> yeah, Austin is not? not a bad team. Like Austin is not a bad team, and we've you know they've always we've always played them tough. They've always played us tough, and that's a that's a competitive series. So a, a nil nil draw, like you know, not ideal, but you know, I would take that over a loss. I would take I will gladly take the result that we had. A loss to Loudon, highly unexpected. You know, not happy with that, obviously, but you know it. I just I I think. We've had three home matches this season. We're not a quarter of the way through the through the season yet. I think this is a, a dr- I think this is an overreaction. I'm not overreacting. I'm not. I'm at a four or a five. You guys are just underreacting. Is what's going on? No, I, I, I'm I telling you right that. now because I mentioned it on the pod <laughs> after that Colorado Springs match. Loudon, Real Monarchs, Austin. If if at that point over those three matches I say we get four points, you guys would not have been happy. So I understand that there were things that we could not control in the Loudon match. 
But if you just look at results, I don't know how you're not unhappy about that. And then if you put it into a bigger picture with how we've performed at home throughout our existence, it has to be at least a yellow light. Maybe it's a dim yellow light, but is that why you're wearing wearing yellow today? No, because honestly, this tangent is completely out of nowhere. I was not thinking this before we got on this podcast, but I got to thinking about it and now I'm stuck on it apparently because I, I, I don't know. You can I feel be like we should have the results. We should have been better. We should be better. You can be unhappy with the results. That's fine. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But honestly, like I I'm not. I mean, yes, it's a little disappointing to not you know, be on a five match win streak at this point. I I we all thought that it would it was possible, but that's not the way it is. That's not the way sport goes. Like shit happens in sports. Like you, you can't, uh, no, we can't plan on the loud match. We can't, you know, predict that Austin's going to sit, you know, 10 people behind the ball for, you know, 90 plus minutes. Like, we should have still scored though. We have the talent that we should have still found the back of the net because guess what? If other teams saw that and said, Hey, we're a little worried about going to New Mexico for whatever reason, you know what we're going to do? We're going to park the bus. And we're going to see if they can score on that. We're trying to hit him with a counter. And guess what? Austin probably should have had a goal. Omar Gordon was one-on-one with Tambakis and had a chance to beat him and put it wide. If that's a solid striker, if that's Brian Brown, that's going in the back of the net and we're effed. So are you saying, one, are you saying you don't have faith in Tambakis to make that save? If you watch the play, Tambakis left the far side open and Omar just missed it. I'm just turning the pot. You're a dumbass, Earl. Well, see, Tambakis made the right play, though. He came out, he, he shortened the angle, and honestly, that was the harder of the shots. That, that was, that was the, in terms of the actual physicality and the physical play necessary to make that shot. Like that was the harder angle for for Gordon to try to shoot at, and Gordon's not a Gordon's a Gordon's a defender. Like, no, he's not. Yes, he is. I think he is. He is an attacking uh, okay. midfielder for sure. Oh, whatever, whatever. Because I have is. watched him play for two years now. <laughs> he's not good enough to do that. Right. Like, That's what I'm saying. Not. That's what I'm saying. Is if somebody else is in that position. If, if somebody else parks the bus and then counterattacks and somebody else other than Omar Gordon has a chance, they are more than likely going to finish that one-on-one against a keeper if it's anybody of a good caliber. And then we're looking at it as down 1-0 and they're parking the bus and we can't find a way through. And then that's a loss instead of a draw. So yeah. you're both wrong, by the way. He's also a forward Okay. Well, Attacking midfielder, forward, same thing. Whatever he is, he's not good enough. Tambakis made the right play. So, and uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's, a, I think it's a, an overreaction um, at, at this point. So, all I'm saying is, look out for it. Our home performance throughout our career, there's something there. There's something to look for there, and if we don't turn around at home. Like maybe my expectations are just up here and y'all's aren't. I don't know. I feel like we are a championship caliber team that isn't performing like it. And I feel like 
even the first year when you're looking at our home record, seven, four, seven, four and nine is not acceptable. Especially when you had leads in a lot of those that first year and couldn't hold them. Well, our defense was also nowhere near as good in that first. I will agree. I will agree. So if we can hold leads, great. Now we're having a problem getting leads apparently. So all I'm saying is watch out for it. Watch out for it. That's all I'm saying. Long season, 25 more matches left to go. Just saying. And uh, one of them is coming up tomorrow night, less than 24 hours from now. We've talked about it a little bit. New Mexico United taking on San Antonio FC. 4-0 win. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Getting it right out of the way, huh? Wait, did you say 25 more games? Yeah, 25 more. And Jacob's over here flipping his cup already. No, I'm not. (laughs) You guys are making me sound like I'm wanting to burn the place down and quit watching United games. I'm just saying... Hashtag Troy out. I'm just saying that there is a small history of us not performing as well at home as we think we should. That's all I'm saying. So, ladies and gentlemen listening, this is just Jacob's take. Um, Me and Seth are completely sane and understand life. Jacob is also wearing a yellow shirt, so he is batshit crazy right now. It's a United shirt. Thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't see that part. It was hidden behind the microphone. But Jacob is batshit crazy. (laughs) I think if you ask a lot of the diehard or at least more than casual fans or if you were to go to the casual fan and be like hey what do you think united's record is at home they would not guess it's as bad as it is and that is concerning to me that's all i'm saying and it's not even like a oh my god fire everybody get a new team in here it's there's just something there like there's something that these guys aren't used to playing in front of that many people. And sometimes I think it shows. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes I think they get over antsy. Jacob started the hashtag Troy out movement. You guys are making me <laughs> really frustrated right now because I am one of the most level-headed fans of every sport you will ever see. And your guys making me feel crazy, even though I shouldn't feel crazy. All right, so uh, back to San Antonio this week. Uh, San Antonio, of course, comes in. They are sitting fourth within our division, and this is the first time that we have seen San Antonio um, since the playoffs last season, in which we get our first ever playoff win over them, a 1-0 victory, of course. And as we all know, everyone on the San Antonio side complained and said that uh, B's had a handball. But uh, we all know that that is not true and that New Mexico and I was the better team on that night. And so San Antonio comes in. I watched a little bit of their last match and they've got some big boys on that team. Uh, I tried to go look at their roster on their web, on their club website and none of they don't have like personal information like ours does. They got some big guys out there. Um, I watched them play. I think it was uh, Las Vegas and it's going to be interesting to see, especially guys like Bruce or Mondo go up against some of these defenders and try to work their way through them against these, you know, these six foot something guys that are out there on the pitch. And, and, uh, they're, a, they're a big physical squad. They can score goals. Now they are going to be without their leading scorer 
Santiago Patino, who was eject, who was uh, given a red card during their recent match against Colorado Springs for uh, uh, going to the face and neck area of a couple different gentlemen on the Colorado Springs side. He, I believe, he still has uh, at least one or two more matches after this one that he still has to serve uh, as part of his suspension. He has five of their 11 goals this season. So they will likely be turning to guys like uh, Justin Dillon or Nathan, their Loney out of Brazil. Um, what have you guys seen? Have you had a chance to watch anything from San Antonio so far this year? And uh, who do you think we should be watching for? I did watch some of their Las Vegas match. I also watched some of the match before that against Colorado Springs. Um, one, I do semi quick side, well, a very quick semi side tangent. The Colorado Springs player that also got thrown out of that match. If I'm the Colorado Springs coach, that man is off the team because that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's obvious that the San Antonio player is going to get a red card. And this guy comes in out of nowhere. I get it. He's protecting a teammate. I'm all for that. But he shoves the dude in the face and is obviously going to get a red card himself. You just threw away a one-man advantage for a whole second half because you were a dumbass and came rushing in. And that kind of stuff just pisses me off. So if I was there, if I was uh, Burke from Colorado Springs, I would. he would not be playing for me for a while, even after the suspension is over. Because that was the most one of the most boneheaded things I've ever seen. They should have won that match had he not done that. But anyways, um, San Antonio is a team that I would have on the panic meter with us. There, um, they're a team that I think they thought, anyways, that they were a championship contender. I think other people around the league thought the same thing, and. Um, Three consecutive 1-1 draws uh, doesn't look great when you're talking about Colorado Springs, Vegas, who we just mentioned Los Dos beat 5-0. Phoenix beat them 5-1, I think it was, and had like 20-some shots. Um, so it, it, that's not a good look. So they are kind of in limbo as well. And uh, I think we're catching them at the right time uh, coming to New Mexico on a short week when they haven't been up to the standards that I think they probably think they should be at. So I haven't been impressed with these last two matches anyways. I know I watched part of their first match against Colorado Springs, the opening match of the season, a 3 nothing beatdown of Colorado Springs, which I was like, oh, shoot. You know, San Antonio's here to play this year, and... And they've kind of gone the other way since then. Um, so so we'll have to see. But uh, I would have loved to have had Harry here to see, you know, what his thoughts were and how what his mindset was uh, after after seven matches, I think they've played as well and, and only sitting on 10 points. That's I think if you were to ask him, that wouldn't be good enough either. So um, but alas, we won't have him for a little while. Uh, so I'll have to get his thoughts later in the season when apparently we've had enough time to actually react to things and not overreact and jackasses. Um, so yeah, I'd, uh, it'll be interesting to see the, uh, you, you mentioned size that they have. I know Peruzzi, I think it's Peruzzi. I might be getting him mixed up with a, uh, a hockey player. Hold on real quick. Um, 
he he came in late of that late in that um uh Las Vegas match and he's just a massive massive dude Perusa sorry Perusa um but he's actually a, a forward and he's huge so that, that's going to be interesting Earl, have you had a chance to watch San Antonio? There's only one name on San Antonio that I recognize, and Sam Gleedle. Gleedle, Gleedle, Gleedle. Um, the return of Sam Gleedle. But I really have not paid attention to San Antonio um, at all. See, Earl, Earl has a life, and so he doesn't watch soccer like we do. Uh, because he's a a social butterfly and is um, the talk of the town of Moriarty. He's he's uh he's kind there's of a like big deal four over people there, in so. Mor- there's like four people in Moriarty, and I'm one of them. So everybody knows everybody here, and it just happens. And really, yeah. I haven't because I've been dealing with all this family crap. Yeah, um, so it's just been one thing after another with us. Um, but no, so. Sam Gleedle is the one I know, and Justin Dillon. Um, both of them are not any kind of threat because they both have zero goals. Um, so I don't Justin really Dillon see anyone. One. Does Justin Dillon have one? Yep. I thought I saw zero, but eh, one goal in seven, eight games. You were maybe he should. Pick you were probably looking at assists, maybe or some other column, maybe some other maybe. player. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe he should hit the panic button like Jacob has already done, and maybe he's I'm not hitting the panic button. All I'm saying is that the little cover over the panic button, I'm touching it. I don't have it flipped up. I'm touching it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I watched San Antonio, and they've got a lot of talented guys. They've got some. Uh, I know they've been signing a lot of talent in, and um, yeah, I mean, without Patino, they obviously struggled last week, and. Um, you know, they're going to have, they're going to need, you know, like I said, Dylan or Nathan or one of their other forwards to step up. Uh, I don't know who else really they have. I mean, maybe Marcus Epps is going to be a threat, but Epps played like crap against Vegas. He, every time he shot the ball, it went closer to the moon than the goal. Um, I, I don't know what his deal was. He had, I'll give him that. He he had some solid chances. Like he found himself in some good spots, and then he would un- unleash a shot that would just go straight to the moon. Um, and so I I don't know what to expect from him next time. Yeah, I you know it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, like you said, I would have loved to have had Harry on this week to uh, to get his his take on what's going on uh, with with San Antonio right now. Uh, I do know that they are not the most sound club defensively. They have allowed eight goals so far this season. And so you know, they are, they're open to scoring uh, or, or to being scored upon. And then, um, so I think if we can create some quality chances, then it's going to turn out pretty well in our favor. And looking at their attacking stats, they do have 11 goals. Again, five are from Patino, but he won't be there. And every single one of their goals has come from inside the box. So they don't appear to be a a club that's going to you know 
that's going to throw one in from range. They're going to try to work it into the box. They're going to try to score that way. At least when Patin goes in there, um, how they adapt and adjust with him, not in the lineup. We'll have just have to wait and see what happens, but uh, it should be a good match. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one. So I will, guys, I will say ahead. that I, I'm excited for a midweek match. I love midweek matches. Cause it's like, Oh, you mean I don't have to wait four more days, three more days for United match? Like it's it's tomorrow? Like, oh, sign me up all day. And then one thing about San Antonio, I freaking love San Antonio's kits. They have three of the nicest kits I think out there. And uh, don't get me wrong, I love ours too, but um, they have three drastically different looking kits, and all three of them are are really really nice in my opinion. So I'm actually glad you brought that up because I did not like the United Keeper kit this past weekend. Because of the shorts? Yeah, I mean, if they would have had something to go and actually match with the kit. I'm right there with you. Like, I loved the idea behind the pride kits and everything, and the tops were nice. But when you throw them over black shorts or the keeper kit shorts... Like just go the extra step and make some shorts for tomorrow or for that match too, instead of just yeah. the tops. I don't know. I'm a, I was a fan of the kit. I mean, the, not the necessarily the, the the unmatched shorts, but the kits are fantastic. I think and, that's uh, all Earl had a problem with yeah, too. To be uh, fair, I know. <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. So um, predictions, scoreline predictions, match predictions. What do you guys think is going to happen? True Neil. Us, okay. obviously. I should have went first because that's what I was going to say too. Um, I'll go one nil. Two nil one. All right. So you guys, are, you guys uh, both think we're going to get a third consecutive clean sheet? Yeah, I think uh, I think Tambakas is really good, and I couldn't tell. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, coming off two consecutive clean sheets, and and we mentioned San Antonio has eleven goals, but five of them are from a player that's not there. Um, I think our defense has has really started to gel back there. Granted, we didn't they didn't get much of a test against Austin, so um, we'll have to see see how they look this week. Hopefully, it's not just a San Antonio parking the bus and us struggling to score again type night but um but now i think we if i'm going with my heart it says two nil but for the sake of not copying earl uh i'll short us one and say just one nil and that tembakas and the defensive back line gets the job done yeah because we all know earl doesn't know what he's talking about (laughs) well to be fair earl has one guess right and we do not have any so um Maybe I should just copy Earl and go 2 0. All right. Good guesses. Good guesses. I, I get the reasoning. I understand the reasoning. And, uh, you know, I, it could have, it could absolutely happen. Um, I'm going to go 2 1. I'm going to go 2 1. I, I, it's not. I thought you were going to predict a draw or a loss, and I was going to be so mad at you for giving me <laughs> shit about freaking out about how we're playing at home. And then you predict that we don't win at home. I was going to be so mad. But, okay, 2 1. 
2-1. Yeah, I think 2-1. Okay. You know, I, I have faith in Alex, and I don't think it's going to be on Alex. That is that something's going to happen. I think someone's going to be unmarked or, or whatever, and it's just going to be something that, that Alex isn't going to have an opportunity to save. Um, so that's what I think is going to happen. You know, San Antonio's got some big guys. they got some size, and if they get into the box, you know, it, it could be – it, it could be a real golden goal scoring opportunity for them. So, um, fuck it guys. Three nil. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> I don't, so, I don't like going, I don't like going under Earl's prediction. So I'm going to say three nil. So Seth, you just said golden goal. Was that like a shameless plug for the new beer that was put out there? No, no, I, I, I didn't even think about that. Um, no, it was just a just a golden goal opportunity, a, a good opportunity for them to, to score a goal. So that's all that was. Not a plug for any sort of beer. So I'll plug it. Ex Novo came out with a United themed beer called Golden, and uh, I haven't tried it, but I really want to. <laughs> it looks I good. haven't. Tr- I almost jumped on the bandwagon and got it, but then I looked at my fridge and it's full of beer. So it's like shit. I can't buy it yet. I have to. I have to drink a lot of beer to get to that point. Um, I have tried their so, coffee, though. You have? How was it? I freaking love it. Good, good. So tell me this. Do you have to go to Ex Novo to get the beer, or do they sell no. it in stores it's, there? They sell it at wherever Ex Novo beers are sold. So in my case, would be right next door Which to my where? office, Blackies. I need to find a place where Ex Novo beers are sold then, because... I, I can't go to Corrales. I don't I don't have time to go to Corrales to get a beer. Um even though I really want to. I don't know if they can ship can like that. Um but I do know like here in Moyarty, I think they have it at Blackies. I will have to check and look and I don't know how we got on the topic of beer. And Jacob, I hope that fixes your eyeball. Maybe that's how you put your eye on the first place, playing with that stupid shit. No, I didn't have this. So the real story behind my eye was I have have these little fatty cysts on my face and my head. And there was one right here by my eye and it got a head on it. So I popped it. That was on Wednesday of not last week, but the week before. Well, somehow between Wednesday and Saturday, it got infected. And I woke up Saturday with an infection in there. And it, well, you guys saw pictures of my eye just like completely swollen shut and had a big old bump on this side, like the size of a golf ball. Um, he looked like he yeah. took more punches than Mayweather did. Wait, he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened there. But, so, any final thoughts, guys? It's not time to hit the panic button. And I'm not. I'm just acknowledging that the panic button is there. And I don't even think it's time to acknowledge the panic button. I think it's not. It's too early in the season. Um, it's too fresh of a season. And Jacob is batshit crazy. Um, so my final thought is we have a season. Uh-huh. We're about a quarter of the way in. It's really nice. I love it. Um, there's a lot of sports going on in my life, so it's kind of cool. Do what you can. Stay safe. Jacob, it's all you now, I guess. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take 20 minutes here and explain again why. I can't I'm, wait. Not, can't I'm freaking not. wait. Let me kick I'm my feet up. Guys, I do have to edit this and get this out in the morning. I, it's true. I'm not gonna do that. Um, 
I will say that I am very much looking forward to midweek soccer, midweek United soccer. Um, gives me something to look forward to on hump day. And uh, hopefully we can come away with three points against a San Antonio squad that is literally right behind us in the table. So again, guys, we're here every Tuesday night, 930. Um, we're supposed to talk United and then talk other sports afterwards, but uh, United is just kind of a big deal right now for us. And uh, we haven't found a way to shut up about them uh, early enough to do another podcast afterwards. So maybe we'll start that again, or maybe it's just United and that's it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Who, who knows? We just like to go with the flow. We don't like to have a structured... This is what we're going to talk about for five minutes. And then this is what we're going to talk about for five minutes. It's not how we work. Uh, Obviously, by our tangents and how we were, quote, going to keep this one short and then talked for 30 minutes on a panic button that doesn't exist yet. Uh, (laughs) So bottom line, we're here at 930. Tell whenever. Talking United. Maybe talking some other stuff. What? I said 934 because you're never on time and you know it. I was here before 930, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Anyways, 930-ish, we're here on YouTube, and then you can always catch the podcast. Uh, In this case, it'll be tomorrow because we have a preview for tomorrow night's match. So um, in most cases, it's Thursday and uh you know we'd love to hear back from you we'd love to hear from you during during the youtube broadcast uh you guys just pop in say hi tell me tell me that i'm crazy for for panicking but more than likely you're going to come on here and tell them that they're crazy for at least not acknowledging that there's something there but uh we've never had anyone agree with you ever bullshit everybody agrees with me nobody nobody knows what you're talking about half the time tucker bone (laughs) <laughs> will you <laughs> will you keep yeah, this short yeah, I, th- I thought we were keeping this short you keep interrupting me so I don't know what to tell you you're like you're like a catholic priest giving a homily right now down on your knees back up down on your knees Every- back up everyone's already asleep say 27 Hail Marys and uh yeah so <laughs> social media someone's monster him email us Earl, Seth, Jacob at SomosMossNM.com. Other than that, guys, next week, 9.30-ish, be here on YouTube. Talk to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, rate and review the podcast on whatever you listen to. And until next time, guys, Somos News. Oh, oh, fuck Phoenix. Sorry. You've been listening to Somos Moss, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Medoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.